0: there
1: we go. Okay, all right, Steve, um, it's lovely to to see you online. This is my first recording of a a podcast with somebody using Zoom and Audacity at the same time, so.
0: Great, (laughs) I'm glad to be the first.
1: This is the Travelling Through podcast. I'm your host, Emma, and today my guest is Stephen Holder. He set up a Tai Chi business in Waterloo. He's also an artist, he comes from South Africa, and this is his unique story about London, the world, and life. Hello, Steve. I was trying to remember the first time that we actually met, and I think you came into the shop probably because you were about to do one of your classes down the road for Tai Chi, and you'd come in for a coffee and a, and a piece of cake and a bit of quiet time downstairs in the cafe. And then later on, I found out that you were also an artist. We actually started selling your cards initially. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Then I think at that point, had you just started drawing the mandalas?
0: Yeah, I think um I think the first time I came in to your uh, cafe was or the shop was you'd very recently opened and I came in to have a little wander around and then discovered the, the little coffee shop at the bottom and then started to come more regularly and it was a while before I was actually drawing much more regularly and so on so my main focus was the Tai Chi in Waterloo um, but then we, we got talking and then I think I might have mentioned it to you I don't really remember how we first sparked our relationship but um, it must have been something like that we must have been having a chat with each other or i had brought some leaflets in for my tai chi class and we got
1: that's right and then was it like a year on that you did your your exhibition with us
0: yeah i had um i had one other show at a different place in in angel Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um and then i might have told you about the show and then you suggested that i could do the same thing at traveling through Mm -hmm. and so then we arranged so traveling through was my second show
2: right
1: um
0: which was very exciting i must say um
1: (laughs) and then we went from you went from strength to strength because you started doing designs for skateboards and and then you also were selling in the shop these beautiful drawings of birds and the tiger and I can't remember what else there was a wolf as well wasn't there that's
0: right yeah yeah so so ravens and wolves and tigers and well, I went through a bit of a, an, an animal phase.
1: <laughs> and then from there you went to skateboards or you got a commission. Yeah,
0: so, so, yeah, I did. Uh, I bought some blank skateboards and sanded them down and then started painting on them, doing some geometric designs on the, on the boards, which I've, I've done quite a few now, as well as the usual art and larger mixed media pieces as well.
1: Okay, so I mean, they turn, they look amazing, and yeah, you're you're actually showing how you you're producing them, the the process using Instagram, and yeah. and then you're selling that, on Etsy. Is it? As...
0: That's right. Yeah. So the 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 Instagram is a really great way because you can you can take photographs as you go, and it's a little process. Mm-hmm. The process process, if you like, um, and then selling on Etsy, which has been quite successful mm-hmm. over the last couple of years
1: brilliant okay well for listeners who are interested in this we'll put in the show notes your the links to your etsy and and also instagram so they can see what oh, what you're all about <laughs> Great. But, Great. um we'll talk about the tai chi in a bit but maybe i just sort sure. of start with the, the way we work the, the the podcast show is we do three sets of kind of serious type questions and then some quickfire questions in between okay so to start off with i mean you have a very subtle accent which i know just from talking to you that you're from south africa but where Whereabouts are you from and what brought you to London in the, in the first place?
0: Uh, I'm from uh, Johannesburg and I left I left Joburg in 99, July 1999. Mm-hmm. So I've been in the UK for 20 years now. Right. I think I left when I was about 23 or 24. So pretty close to half of my life in the UK and half my life in, in South Africa uh my, my dad's my dad is from stroud in gloucester mm-hmm. and so i grew up with a, a west country accent in the house How did you? and had yeah and had traveled to the uk several times when we we're growing up my family we would come and visit my grandparents been to london and gloucester and stroud and so on and uh, i had always wanted to come back to to the uk um and at that time and i suppose still now joe Joburg wasn't very safe it's uh you know it can be rather violent and i had a, a couple of nasty experiences as most people from Joburg do right and i uh i thought i thought i was going to try something different hmm. and um and then moved over and I, I had no real plan for how long i was going to be in the uk or or anything like that so came over july 99 and and that was it fell in love with London pretty quickly.
1: And did you, so you, you actually deliberately came to London rather than to go to Stroud, where your, your father was originally from? Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, well, I had I had a friend who lived in London and I did spend a couple of weeks with grandparents and aunts and uncles in Gloucester and so on, but that was a very short, short period before I moved to London, which was my real intention. Ha- having said that, I have spent a lot of time with my family and in the countryside, but
2: mm-hmm.
1: I've
0: lived in London all the time.
1: Right. Okay. So coming to London, I mean, obviously a different, uh, a different culture, and and very different to Johannesburg for sure. <laughs> um, but what Absolutely. what kind of challenges did you face initially? If you did face anything, or was it just a relief to be away from from kind of the
2: well, hard it, w- it was certainly
0: a relief. The mm-hmm. the challenges, I guess, were um, I I didn't know very many people, and when you first arrive in London, it can be very lonely uh, if you don't know people. So even though I had a friend who lived here. It was, um, I, you know, you don't spend all your time with people. So it was, it was seeing a friend occasionally, but then being by myself, finding work, finding places to live, and so on. So that was that was the biggest challenge. Um, I did find it. It was a strangely lo- lonely place, given how many people are in London and all the activity. But um, I had known other friends through acquaintances. And managed to get in touch with them in various ways, and then you know started to spend more time with other people, and so the, that goes away fairly quickly. Yes. That, that loneliness. That I think that was the biggest challenge. Finding work, there's plenty of work in in London, or there was plenty of work at that at that time. Mm-hmm. So it didn't take very long to find a job, but. Um, you know, coming from, I'd never lived by myself before. So moving out of my parents' house mm. and moving straight to London, and suddenly finding myself in a small, fairly grotty room in a in a horrible part of London because not knowing what I was doing, yes. and then realising, thinking, what have I done? I'm eating beans on toast. I don't <laughs> have any money yet. <laughs> Living in this this little this little cruddy room. Um, but uh, you know, when when you're 23, that's actually not too much of a problem. Mm. I don't, I'm not sure I could do it now. <laughs>
1: And what kind of work were you doing initially when you came to London?
0: Uh, in in Joburg, I worked in a retail bank, so I was I was working on um, uh, counter staff and so on. It was just a sort of a temporary stopgap job. And when I arrived here, I started working in a recruitment agency. Mm-hmm. So I, that was my first job in a recruitment agency, just as support staff, doing admin and so on in the in the agency.
2: Right.
0: And then the um, it was an agency for finance for working in the city and they managed to get me a job after about a year and a half working for them. Mm -hmm. They got me a job working in support staff in an investment bank in the city. And then I was in the city for about 10 years, Mm a little little over 10 years Mm -hmm. working in various jobs in the city.
1: And then you had to get out.
0: I had to get out. I mean, I'd been doing Tai Chi for a long time. Right. It's coming on 20 years
1: now. So you started um, Tai Chi initially in London? Or had you already started
0: it? Okay. No, no, no. I started in London, and so I'd been doing Tai Chi for many years, and then I started teaching my own classes, mm-hmm. and then realized that I could I could make a, a living out of it, and very quickly quit my job in the city to start the Tai Chi full-time
1: okay wow interesting well we'll come on to that in a second so let's do a quick right, yeah. quick a quick round of uh, quickfire questions for you um favorite form of London transport bus or tube or something else I mean it's a bizarre definitely question bus. at this moment in time yeah. <laughs> when we're all yeah. in lockdown but um, <laughs> yeah. normally under normal circumstances
0: yeah De- definitely bus definitely. Uh, uh, you know I've, done, I've used the tube a lot but the bu- my bus is the bus is the favorite thing
1: mm-hmm. okay so I always ask this question to people who who are very tall, like yourself. Where is your favourite seat in the bus?
0: In a a normal double-decker bus, as you enter the top part, on the left-hand side, there's more leg room on the (laughs) left-hand side than there is on the right-hand side. So I always go for that. But on one of the... the Rootmasters, the new Boris Rootmasters, mm-hmm. well, they're not so new anymore, but mm-hmm. on the left-hand side, near the stairwell at the front, there's more yeah. the leg room. Yes. I can't actually fit in any of the seats, any of the other seats. <laughs> okay. So if I get onto one of those and those seats are occupied, I tend to stand downstairs.
1: Right. Oh. Okay. All right. So you have to, you have to compromise. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's right. Exactly. Yes.
1: Exactly. <laughs> um, Favourite place on a sunny summer's day, a London park or the Thames?
0: Uh, oh definitely the Thames. I love the Thames
1: do you do you have a specific place that you kind of migrate towards on the Thames?
0: Um, I think oh, good question. um so along from Waterloo station, there's um where giraffe and Foyle's bookstore is yes,
2: just
1: on yeah. the
0: river mm-hmm. so there's the 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 walkway and the stairs going down yes there, so just to Giraffe and then there's that there's that walk down towards Tower Bridge and along the way there there's little alcoves and sometimes the the guys are down there doing the sand sculptures. Yes. So that that stretch is is my favorite part. Is your
1: favorite part. Okay all right good to know. Um, Do you have a favorite London expression?
0: Oh goodness. Um, Favorite London expression? Or
1: something that bemused you or confused you when you first heard it?
0: Um, Let me think. Probably um, when people said, in it. <laughs> yeah. That was that was a strange thing to hear.
1: <laughs> yeah, a number of people it's have really said really warm today, in it. <laughs> yeah. 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 What? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah. Street food or pub grub?
0: Street food, definitely.
1: And do you have a, a, yeah. a, a favourite go-to place for your street food?
0: Um, so, n- not so much anymore. Um, I, I'm, I'm celiac, so I can't eat any gluten. So, okay. that that does... Cancel a lot of that, but I had a taste for crepes, pancakes, that kind of thing. Yeah, specifically when you're out in the sun and you're walking and eating one of them.
1: Yes, oh, it's,
0: Yes. it's my my favourite. <laughs> but I can't really have them anymore, so I don't really have street food or, or eat out much unless it's in a restaurant or, or a pub where I can select the food.
1: Yes. Okay. So you have to be much more careful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. I mean, so I you, think you used to have. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We used to have a uh, gluten so we, free.
0: Yeah, you had gluten free beetroot cake and also uh, uh, almondies. Those almondies,
1: exactly. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I had a lot of those. Uh,
1: yeah, now I think it's true. It's true. There's a lot of people in London. Well, a lot of people generally are having, are getting various allergies to things, and so more, more and more street food is becoming specific to certain categories. That's right, or, yeah. but, but still, it's. You have to be absolutely sure that you you trust them as well, don't you, to be yeah to do it. So yeah. I mean, okay, second round of questions. Here we go. So you say yep. home was originally in Johannesburg, or I forget what you call the the nickname. Joberg. Joberg, that's right. And do you do you have any desire to go back there now to live? I mean, twenty years on, has it changed that much? And do you ever think you would like to go back?
0: Well, I go back. Every At the moment, I, I, I'll go back once or twice a year because I have elderly parents there, so I like to go and see them as much as I can.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And My mother's disabled and, and unwell, so uh, I, I was planning to go back again this year, but it doesn't look like there's going to be much traveling. We were there in March this year That's and right. got back about a week or two before all of this happened.
2: Right.
0: Um, so I go back quite regularly, and Joburg has, has changed, but I have no desire to go live there. Mm-hmm. if i did it would be to go and stay with my parents to look after them if if necessary right um so not n- no desire to go back to joburg it it isn't safe the standard of living isn't great and also i wouldn't be able to do what i do for a living if i was going to move back to south africa at all for any reason and i had a choice it would be to cape town cape town is is much nicer it's it's almost like a mini london it's very cosmopolitan there's the sea the mountains I could probably do Tai Chi for a living then, but it might be a bit of a struggle, but I could probably make it work.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um,
0: My brother and his wife and my two-year-old nephew are in Cape Town, so there's family there as well.
1: Right, okay. So it would be an automatic kind of... More of a, a draw to go there rather than...
0: Exactly, to, yeah. And, and I think, um, but like I said, I think if I did have to go back to Joburg, it would only be to look after my parents. Mm. It wouldn't be, mm-hmm. wouldn't be because I've chosen to go back
1: there. Okay, then this might seem a bit of a strange question for you, but um, what are your fondest... Do you have any fond memories of Johannesburg? Oh, current? plenty,
0: yeah, yes. uh, absolutely. Um, I had lo- loads of friends and family in, in Joburg. And I was part of, I was, I was in the Boy Scouts from age of six until I left South Africa at various levels. And so loads of fond memories of camping and hiking and mm. going off on weekends with the guys to do various things. Um, and also, you know, I used to we used to go out in the city a lot. Those kind of fond memories, I would say, are the things that I remember the most. Mm. Time with family.
1: Mm-hmm. And if I was to, to visit johannesburg and generally south africa where where would you suggest i i should go particularly kind of places that were slightly off the beaten track or um or maybe that's too dangerous i don't know
0: well going to joburg is it's a great experience and if you do go to joburg it's better to know somebody there than to go to johannesburg as a tourist um joburg has a reputation for being quite a dangerous place and it's and it's uh, it's uh, it's, a it's rightfully so However, there are some interesting places to see. Um, They've done some rejuvenation of parts of the city center where you, there's some, some art places and some cafes and restaurants, and there's some various other places. Santon, for example, is a sort of very upmarket parts of Joburg where you can go and see some, some places, but Joburg, if you're going to go to Joburg. It's probably spending time in cafes and um, big shopping centers. Okay. So you go to a shopping center. So there's nowhere probably do. doing Joburg a little bit of a disservice here, but there's nowhere you can't really get out much.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: there's some places to get outside, but there are some nicer places outside the city, which are a bit nicer to go to. There's the botanical gardens in Joburg, which, which are lovely. Um, where else? There's, uh, there's a few places within half an hour to an hour's drive from the city where you can go for walks and hikes, which are relatively safe. Mm-hmm. So there's places to go camping as well. Mm-hmm. But if you were going to go to South Africa, I would recommend spending a little bit of time in Joburg, but then going to Kruger National Park, mm-hmm. which is northeast-ish from Joburg. It's about a six or seven hour drive from Johannesburg. Um, if you do go to Kruger, I recommend getting a flight up there. There's an airport in the in the park. The Kruger Park is enormous. Right. You could you could drive for two or three days and not get to the other end. Oh wow! So it's it really is big. And once you're in the park, you can spend hours and hours driving between camps. And of course, you see all sorts of amazing animals. You can see the Big Five mm. and all sorts of various things. So Kruger Park is definitely worth visiting. Uh, Durban,
2: mm-hmm. it's on
0: the coast, on the east coast. Warm seas, lots right. of sharks, but warm seas, mm. great for swimming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a the whole strip there of Durban, of Rocks, various other places like that for very sort of picturesque beach visits and so on. Highly recommended. And then, then there's Cape Town, of course. Yeah. And between Durban, Durban and Cape Town, there's the, the uh, Kuru Desert, which is amazing to drive through. In the Cape, you've got Cape Town itself, the city itself, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Of course, you can see Table Mountain from wherever you are in various other mountains. The water in the Cape is freezing cold because it's is the it? Atlantic.
1: Oh, yes, of course. yes.
0: And it shouldn't stop you from going into the water, but it's freezing cold. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very strange. You can be standing on a beach, 35 degrees, but nobody's in the water because the water is absolutely freezing. It's <laughs> wow. a very strange experience. Um, and then all around Cape Town. Cape Town is... Uh, it's the jewel of South Africa, in my opinion. It's the best place in South Africa. So if you go, spend as much time in Cape Town as possible. So there's the the drives along the mountainsides, along the coast. There's the local areas. There's an area called the feinbos, which translates as fine bush, mm-hmm. which is a whole area of scrubland with Really beautiful flowers at certain times of the year. Um, and then, of course, there's all the wine farms in Cape Town. So you've got hundreds and hundreds of wine farms. Mm. And the wines from there are, are world famous. And You can go and taste wines. Beautiful old wine farms. Okay. So highly, highly recommended.
1: And which part is it? There's, um, is it Queen Elizabeth Drive or Queen Elizabeth? Uh, oh,
0: it's, it's it? the famous drive. It is called... Oh, no are called uh Chapman's Peak. Okay. Chapman's Peak Drive and it's this really it's a world famous drive all along the coast. Um just amazing.
1: Well that's this good. Drive. Well that's given me a, an incentive to I've always thought to go to South Africa but I I don't know it's always been there's always been other places that have come first right. and I think it yeah. sometimes maybe wrongly it, it does get very bad press and, and it sort of kind of puts you off but then everybody that I know who who has been to South Africa has come back with just saying wow it's an amazing you've got to go yeah. and that's really good so it, it's there's a lot of positive things
0: Absolutely yeah um, and and when you travel there with the pound everything is a bit cheaper for you because you're on the pound
1: mm-hmm.
0: so it's a, it's a lovely Cape Town and Kruger Park and there's also other game reserves there's another game reserve called mm-hmm. in near Johannesburg it's probably about three or four hour drive it's smaller than Kruger Park it's a good starter park mm-hmm. um, and then and then in the Cape there's loads of other game reserves where you can go visit the Addo Elephant Park which is a big wild nature reserve where wild elephants roam and you can drive and go and see elephants and mm-hmm. other animals as well so okay. if you do go safari game reserves definitely a thing to do
1: yes yeah, you know there, it would be a shame to go that far and not go to <laughs> exactly, <laughs> so yeah. let's have yep. another quick round of questions then are you a cinema or Or a theatre-goer? Cinema. And do you have a favourite London venue that you go to to the cinema that you like? Or is it more about the film? We
0: we tend to go mostly to the view, just up the road in Angel.
1: Mm
2: -hmm.
0: But the screen on the green in Angel as well, it's a small everyman cinema.
2: Right. So,
0: you know, the everymans all over the place. Yes. And it's a lovely little cinema not very many seats in there but you know, there's a bar and we tend to go there for special occasions
2: yes yeah, yes
0: because it's a bit more expensive than normal but it's uh, it's worth the price yeah. so screen on the green in um on islington green right it's about a five or ten minute walk from angels tube station
1: okay all right oh well, i have to add that to the list i haven't been to that one
0: yeah absolutely yeah <laughs>
1: okay and um dinner out or nightlife to dawn
0: uh, oh, dinner out! That life to dawn is long in my past. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the stomach for it anymore. <laughs> so
1: where, where where would you go for dinner out? Do you have some favourite places that you like to visit?
0: Well, there's a there's a um, Japanese place on Chapel Markets, which does some amazing some amazing food. And there's a sushi place on um, Camden Passage, so about a five minute walk from here. Mm-hmm. They do it's all authentic. Got, they have some Japanese chefs with their super sharp knives, cutting up some fish oh, wow. that you can watch and take away. It's a very small little place. Yes. Amazing sushi. Yeah. Uh, where is else? It, is it the um, only
1: sushi place in Camden Passage?
0: It's the only one in Camden yes, Passage, So
1: you yes. can't miss it.
0: Yeah. You can't miss it. It's called Sushi Show.
1: Oh, it's called Sushi, sushi
0: show. show. Okay. Sushi Show, you yes. You don't
1: want to say that it's... once you've had a few drinks, do you?
0: Exactly, yeah. Some sake. But I highly, highly recommend Sushi Show. Once every, once this is all over and it's opened again, mm. I've got some Japanese friends, fellow teachers who travel across London to come and have sushi there. Oh, and, uh, and where else? Um, well, you've put me on the spot now. Uh,
1: well, they both sound very good places, anyway. So you can, you can see you're very much in that a Japanese theme there.
0: Yeah. Well, that's um, that's the places I can think about on the spot. So I'd have to. It's a question I'd have to think about a little bit more to give okay. you a, a fuller answer. Well, no, that's
1: pretty good. Pretty good a starter anyway. For, <laughs> okay. um, favorite place to go walking or cycling in or around London.
0: Favorite place to go walking. I would probably say Regent's Park
1: mm-hmm.
0: so we you, if you go further north towards the duck pond and the pagoda, do you, do you know that part?
1: Um I do, yes, yeah
0: yeah, so it's it's
1: it's close Baker
0: to... Street tube station.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: and then all along there there's the outdoor theater and the small Japanese garden
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and little pathways all over the place. I go there often to do training. So I'll go out and find a little space and do some forms or qigong. And it's just wonderful to walk around there, particularly in the summer.
1: Yeah, because I think parts of Regent's Park get very, very busy though, don't they? And it's when it's very, particularly the weekends. But um, but they're always, they're normally big enough that you can have your own little hidey hole somewhere.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) Um, Okay, third round questions. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Mm,
0: That's a good question. Despite what I was saying earlier, I would probably say Cape Town.
1: Would you really? Okay.
0: Yeah, Cape Town is... um it's just wonderful but if I if I had to choose a non-South Africa venue <laughs> uh, Berlin is, is amazing
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, I would love to live in Berlin I've been to Tokyo Tokyo mm. is one of the best places I've ever been and I would love to live there I'm not sure if it would be a long-term thing but certainly for the short-term mm. Tokyo a- have you been to Tokyo? I
1: haven't it's on the list getting very high list. up the list now because yeah. everybody just raves about it
0: it's just it's just amazing it's absolutely it? amazing yes
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, everybody who goes there says it's just so. It's such another world. It's so hard to describe because it just hits you right in the face. Yeah, Uh, and the efficiency of it all, and how and and how polite everybody is.
0: Yeah, it's the cleanest place I've ever been. Mm-hmm. There's no litter on the streets and it's incredible. Mm-hmm. It's an incredible place.
1: Mm. Well it's interesting now that the Olympics have been put back a year, so it's now yeah. gonna be twenty next year, twenty twenty one. Yeah, twenty one. Yeah. So um, yeah, I wonder whether that will change things and whether I need to try and get there before the <laughs> before the after the lockdown and before the next Olympics. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. I would, I would imagine it. It has to change. It has to change a place, doesn't it? Mm. Japan's recently had the, uh, the rugby World Cup as well, so they've had. Um, That's true. A lot of a lot of Westerners. Yeah, I think they handled that really well.
1: Yeah, it seemed it seemed that mm-hmm. way, and and especially as it was across the whole of the the country. I mean, which is. Yeah, kind of lots of islands as well so it's quite that's right yeah a, a very I would have thought that would have been quite difficult to manage but they seem to have done it with great uh, efficiency as one yeah. would expect I suppose.
0: As, absolutely yeah.
1: Um, do you have a wanderlust or are you very much an armchair traveller?
0: Uh, I, I, I think it comes and goes um, because of my job uh, because I love my job as much as I do, and I do travel to South Africa, you know, once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. I um, I think that does scratch that itch a little. Yeah. Although occasionally I do wish to go off and travel for a period of time, but it does. It's not a. It's not so much of a yearning for me anymore.
1: Right. So you... I think if
0: I didn't li- like my job so much, it probably mm-hmm. would be stronger.
1: Yes. You don't read books for your escapism to places. No, not really. No. No. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, out of all the places that you have visited in the world, what place would you say has had the biggest impact on you?
0: Mm. Well, we—I've uh, been to to China, and Beijing is an interesting place. I love Beijing. Um, also went to the small village where the founder of my style of Tai Chi comes from. Oh wow! And that was very meaningful to visit that place Mm -hmm. so that that had a had a large impact on me because of my love of tai chi as well um tokyo or or japan so we were in tokyo and we went outside the city for a tai chi seminar the countryside outside is is, it's lovely it's amazing but the biggest impact that's a that's a tough one i would probably say japan um, because it was i i found it such a wonderful fascinating place yeah, I would say Japan.
1: Okay, so this yeah. this kind of nicely leads us on to talking about, about the Tai Chi um, and how that all started, first discovering it here in, in London and how it's kind of morphed into really your your life in terms of, well, your, certainly your, your working life, but also a, a love of it to take you to China and to Japan as well. So how did that all...
0: How did it start? Yeah. Um, well, I'd always had a, a love of martial arts growing up, of course, Watching kung fu movies, and <laughs> Matrix, and various other things, but never really learnt it to any any uh, large degree. And then, when I was in London, I met somebody whose parents did Tai Chi, and that was my first real introduction to it. Not, I'd never, I never, I didn't do it. They just told me that they did Tai Chi. Mm-hmm. And then one day, we used to go to the gym and various other things. And then I was looking for something different, and doing a little bit of searching on the net and found somebody running a Tai Chi class near me. And I joined the class Mm -hmm. and then that was it. It was with the school I'm with now with Chuan, and joined the class and just went every week and loved it, did more and more and more. Then eventually did more senior training teacher training, and then became a teacher. Mm-hmm.
1: And you and saw it as, the... as your gateway, your way out of the city to do this full-time, did you? That was that... Not,
0: not, not at first. I'd, I'd been doing it for a very long time and even started teaching. At first, I was reluctant to start teaching because I didn't know if it was what I wanted to do. Mm. So while I was still working full-time, I started my first class in Waterloo and taught that for a while and wasn't really sure it's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. but quickly discovered that it was and then once I discovered that then I realized that it was my it was my way out of the city. Mm-hmm. And so once I made that decision it was it was very easy from there.
1: And you've built up the uh, the Waterloo kind of branch if, if that's the right word to use um, yeah. um, yourself or are there a number of you that that have formed a kind of a union to
0: Oh no it's it's myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so each the way the school works, each teacher, has their location and they start their branches and and each teacher is responsible for their own location. So I've got senior students and assistants who assist me with teaching new beginners and running the classes but overall I'm responsible for the class. I run it like my own small business.
1: Mm -hmm. And at at this point in time how many you've gone from having a class that's or classes is it three three a week you were? Three a week that's right yeah. That have kind of like evolved and morphed into quite big classes, and with regular yeah. to, to suddenly this lockdown situation. And how how have you how have you dealt with with it?
0: Um, well, the school the school I'm part of is we worked really hard to to make this transition from live classes to or face to face classes to online live classes. And so what I've done is I've kept my classes on the same nights they were when we were actually seeing each other. So the Mo- my Monday students. They do an online session on Monday night with me, Tuesday and Wednesdays, on Tuesdays and Wednesdays with me. So it's Mm -hmm. same format, same structure as before, Mm -hmm. um, just online with the intention that once the, the lockdown goes away and everything goes back to some normality, that my classes just transition from online back to face-to-face classes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: However, I think there will be more opportunity for us to teach online in the future.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I see that uh, particularly if people from your classes are away traveling or on business, that they can still kind of they can still join, into in. your, join your class, even though are not there, so they don't That's right, they yeah. do feel a part of it. Yeah, there's, I think yeah. there must be quite a lot of opportunities, or people thinking in a very lateral way now as a result of this lockdown, and how they can possibly use this moment to link into. Obviously, it's not the same as being part of part of a class face to face and all together. Yeah, but it's an, it's an alternative that can still so you don't lose you don't lose that moment. It's you're still a part of it, even though remotely, as it were.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I think there's there's so many people have have lost what they were doing because they couldn't do, you know, they couldn't do online classes. We we are very lucky that we can still do them. But I think a lot of people have lost their businesses and their jobs and they may not ever be able to do them again mm. in the same way because of this interruption. So we are we are extremely fortunate. Uh, yeah. I'm so grateful that we were able to do this because um it is my main job it's my main source of income yeah so i'm very grateful for this opportunity that we can actually teach online but yeah it's a it's it's a it is a strange time and it's a strange situation and i think the the future is so uncertain that i'm pretty sure that this online teaching is going to be in the future with us even when the lockdown is gone Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this this is the future online is the future yeah Um, and i think what's happened through this period is everybody has realized that we can we can do things online. And so I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, I must say, because people already tend to hide away from the world. And so we are gonna become more and more virtual.
2: Mm. And I wonder
0: if this is going to create more separation from the world for a lot of people. I'm sure we'll go back to face-to-face and majority of people will embrace that. Yes. There is it is it is concerning because you know a lot of people struggle to be in in public and in groups and now this might make that harder for them. It's it's really difficult mm. to tell. Mm-hmm. From my perspective as a teacher and as the um, person that runs this business, I am so grateful to continue and still be able to see my students and to still pass on the. Uh, benefits of tai chi and qigong to Mm. to all of those people
1: and you're taking on um new students as well for this Yeah, so the the
0: way the school works usually we we run four terms a year for each for each quarter each season and each time we take a bunch of new people that join us join the classes all the regular students continue some people drop out Mm -hmm. it's always been that way but then we get new students join in and we're we're experimenting with how that works with the online so Mm -hmm. i've got new students starting this week and hopefully more in the weeks to come and then we'll see what happens when the lockdown disappears because Mm -hmm. then it'll be a whole new kettle of fish transferring Mm -hmm. the new students to
1: -to face-to-face classes yes and I can actually say to say to the listeners that I'm one of those guinea pigs <laughs> and yes, then have taken nice. it on so to be a beginner online and then hopefully be able to, to uh, come and join you properly in, in Waterloo. Because it was yeah. always something I wanted to do when I had the shop in, in Lower Marsh, but never had the time because I was always working to eight or nine o'clock. Yeah. So it's extraordinary that it's taken a lockdown for me to, <laughs> to say, OK, <laughs> this is the time. Let's do, it. Let's this do time. it. This is the time. This is the moment. Yes. But, for other yeah, listeners, I yeah no no i I'm, I'm looking for, very much looking forward to it, so it's um in fact, the first time I ever came across Tai Chi was actually when I was travelling a long time ago um in Australia. I had a second cousin and his wife was into tai chi and that was the first time i'd actually come across it and she we, we'd gone for this picnic and then she just kind of stood up and started doing these tai chi moves and i looked at her going what are you doing <laughs> what's going on <laughs> <laughs> and i thought it was all very i was mesmerized but i thought why are you doing this and I, it's something that's stayed with me for such a long time um but right. something i've never actually explored until this moment so it's good <laughs> yeah, Great. Um, and also actually for listeners who maybe moving to London or thinking of moving to London perhaps this is an opportunity for them to discover where your classes are, are well not your club but the classes generally for the academy are running um, so if you if you're happy with it we could put the links in the show notes for them to yeah check absolutely out yeah too. absolutely
0: um, yeah we've got students uh, we've got students uh, all over the London classes all over London and we've got classes in Tokyo and Berlin as well and we'll be having more international classes in the future
1: Fantastic. So people could actually join up to your class if they wanted to, right? but they just, yeah. just need to. Yeah. We'll put the where you are located and and the link specifically to you. But obviously, if other people are are in other parts of London, obviously that would make more sense that they would go yeah. more locally to there.
0: Yeah. So well, uh, all, all of our all of our classes are listed on this on the school website. So mm-hmm. if they go to my class, they'll see all the, the branches there as, as well.
1: Okay. Fantastic. Brilliant. Okay, so let's Great. move on. We've got one final question for you, um, sure. which is based on uh, you moving to London. And after this lockdown lifts, I'm sure there were people probably on the way and were hoping to move to London now, but can't. But what what would be the one piece of advice you would give someone moving, moving to London for the first time?
0: I think probably to be patient. So, like I said earlier, one of the things that I found hardest was being lonely and not, and not, really, uh, not really knowing people. When you first arrive in London, it's a very big city mm. and there's lots of, lots of people. Um, it's, it can be very confusing and strange when you first arrive. And if you don't know people, then you can find yourself living by yourself in a room and f- maybe feeling a little bit separate from people. But just have patience, because once you establish yourself and start to know your way around, London is just absolutely wonderful. I I truly love London. And I think it's a a wonderful city with loads of opportunity, loads of beautiful, amazing things to see and do. And if you find yourself in that situation, just Mm -hmm. be patient and keep working until you find your feet. Because once you do, uh, you discover just how wonderful the place can be.
1: No, I think that's a that's a very good piece of advice. I think it's something that a, a lot of people feel um when they come to London that they are lonely and it surprises them in a big city where they think there's so many people. Where where are the people that are for for me or where, how can I find exactly, them? exactly? Yeah, and I think you're right. Patience is, is is definitely the key to to kind of cracking the cracking the nut of of uh, getting into the the world that is London. And it's in it's huge and there's so much for everybody as you as you say. So well, thank you. I think Steve, we've come to the end of the end of our questions, and um, uh, it's been fantastic. Uh, it's been really interesting talking to you and and having a chance to just talk about the tai chi and, and your art. Yeah, you're, you're very busy in lockdown.
0: Very busy in lockdown. <laughs> yes, very busy indeed. And uh, thank you for thank you for this opportunity to talk, Emma. While this is going to be your first experience of tai chi this week, this is my first. Experience of doing a podcast. I oh, really, oh, I didn't realise <laughs> that. that. Not, never, never been on a podcast before. <laughs> Thank you. It's been
1: fantastic having you on the show and sharing all your your stories and your thoughts of London, the world, and life with us today. We'll obviously put all the all the links in the show notes, and we'll make sure we get get them all correct. And if there's anything else that you you want to say that we've missed out,
0: Tai Chi is very good for you. I encourage everybody to try it at least once. Do it regularly. It has enormous benefits. And if you are an artist, just keep working. All you've got to do is a little bit every day.
1: To all you travelling through podcast listeners out there, I hope it's been inspiring for you and you've got some takeaways from the show. Of course, we'll put links to everything we've discussed in the show notes. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please do give us a rating and a review. Please do subscribe. And finally, please share this podcast with your friends. I hope that if you've enjoyed it, they will do too. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back next week with more travelling through Tales from the Melting Pot of Cultures, The London Pool, what makes you stay and what makes you leave. But for now, take care and thanks for listening. Bye!